Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about opening your eyes to a new view of life. Thanks for joining us today. You know, I'm often asked why I do these podcasts, and the answer is simple. I don't consider myself the best speaker or personality, but my life has been changed, been blessed by podcasts. And when I think about the time and effort that those podcasters invest in helping me, I realize this is a way to give back. And that's what we're trying to do here at Open Your Eyes. So wherever you're listening today, whether in the car or on your daily walk or run, or just part of your daily inspiration time, I hope today you can learn something that will help you as you strive to reach your goals and fulfill your purpose. One way you can help is to share the link to this podcast with a friend. It just may be what they need in their life today. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about the change coming to you, to your family, and your team, and how we can step up to change. In 2015, several tech entrepreneurs and other wealthy people like Sal Altman, investor in Airbnb and Dropbox, Reid Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn, Elon Musk, and several others collectively pledged $1 billion to establish a nonprofit company called OpenAI. OpenAI is located in San Francisco and runs the fifth largest supercomputer in the world. They recruited the best researchers in the field of deep learning and deep data, and their mission was to ensure that artificial intelligence benefits all of humanity. Simply stated, AI systems work ingesting large amounts of data, analyzing the data for patterns, then using those patterns to do the work. For example, when you go online to Target.com, you can chat with a customer service person to answer your questions. At large organizations like Target, you rarely, if ever, chat with a person. You're actually chatting with a computer that has been developed using lower-level artificial intelligence. It has learned over time from thousands of chats how to answer your question and stored that learning to talk to you. Uber uses machine learning algorithms to predict when people are likely to need rides in certain areas and gets drivers on the road before they're needed. Self-driving cars like those you see in Tesla use AI to inform decisions, like storing the behavior of the driver, the conditions of frequently traveled roads by that driver, and then using this data and learning to make changes to the systems that steer the car. And that learning is shared with all other Tesla cars. That's right. The computer inside your Tesla is still learning how to drive your car. And I hope it's learning the right way. Well, after its initial funding... OpenAI got started with some of the best experts in cutting-edge research in areas such as natural language processing, computer vision, robotics, and game playing. Along the way, Microsoft gave OpenAI another $1 billion, and then in January gave them another $10 billion. Well, OpenAI has developed ChatGPT, a highly advanced language generation system. This language system used human trainers and big data to generate answers to increasingly complex questions. For example, the news has reported that students won't ever have to write their own research papers again. They'll just go to ChatGPT, ask a question, 
and the AI will write the lesson for them. And since it launched four months ago, it has already acquired 100 million users. Some of you listening to this podcast are some of those users. And ChatGPT does a pretty good job, although not perfect job, of answering questions. For example, Open Your Eyes is based on the concept that we all have a belief window. And when I asked ChatGPT about a belief window, here's what it said to me. Have you ever heard of the belief window? It's a metaphorical framework that can help us understand how our beliefs shape our perception of the world. The belief window is like a mental filter that we use to process the information we receive. It's composed of our beliefs, values, and assumptions, and it influences how we interpret and react to the events and situations around us. Well, that's pretty good. But then ChatGPT wandered in its explanation of belief window into areas that were not quite as good or applicable. So even though it makes a few mistakes now, everyone believes that ChatGPT will get better and better. Microsoft founder Bill Gates said, Until now, artificial intelligence could read and write, but couldn't understand the content. The new programs like ChatGPT have changed that. These programs will make many office jobs more efficient by helping to write invoices or letters automatically. And this will change our world. Now, what many experts are worried about is that online scammers can use ChatGPT to create realistic-sounding conversations for use in phishing attacks, to trick people into giving away login credentials or financial information. And with ChatGPT, they'll be better equipped to manipulate unsuspecting users. Well, perhaps the most chatter is what's happening with AI in the computer programming world. More and more, AI is writing code, the instructions for computers. So we have computers writing instructions for computers. So it's possible instead of using computer programmers in your company, you and I can simply give an AI program a description of our end outcome desire, and the computer will do the work for us. Yes, most experts agree this is very likely and already happening. OpenAI, the company we've been talking about, has released Codex. This program analyzes huge amounts of language and computer code. If you want the program to design on your computer screen a blue bouncing ball, it can do it without a computer programmer. Codex itself can generate programs upon request in 12 programming languages. And the possibilities of what AI will do extend to many areas in life and business. AI is helping medical science map the brain, identify proteins in the body, and do research tasks in seconds that used to take humans years to do. In the future, drugs may know better how to reach needed proteins in the body because of AI. Here's the point. Our world is changing. Yes, the technology we use is changing. The way we go about our day is changing. The way we interact is changing. Life changes, kids grow up, jobs change, professions change, and people change. Health, life circumstances, taxes, and even the way we worship changes from time to time. And the question is, in the midst of all this change, what will you do? Because for some people, change brings fear and uncertainty, and for others, change brings opportunity. For example, with the introduction of ChatGPT, 
There is tons of online chatter about how U.S. jobs will be at risk. The Atlantic quoted a study saying 47% of jobs will be at risk in the United States. Now, thinking back, did the introduction of computers eliminate some jobs? Yes. Did smartphones do the same? Yes. If you worked for BlackBerry or Kodak, your job was likely impacted by smartphones. But what emerged with smartphones was the host of new jobs and opportunities. And the same goes for you. I see parents, when their kids leave home, wallow a bit in their empty house or chase their kids across the country in an attempt to fill the void. But then there are those who see that change in their household as an opportunity to do something new, to try something else, to try something creative and uplifting. So how do we become people who can model for our children and teens the sense of opportunity that comes often when change presents itself in our life? How can we step into change with confidence, even though we don't necessarily see the end from the beginning? Well, years ago, I read a quote from Wayne Dyer that altered my thinking, and it has stayed with me ever since. He said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. The problem with change is that to seize the opportunity in change, you must often change yourself. And few of us like to change. We drag our feet, we defer our action, we delay our start. You know, one of my favorite storytellers shared this story about change. I heard the story of a local farmer who raised pigeons as a hobby. He loved his birds and would go to great lengths naming each one after a characteristic that he noticed in their personality. And one pigeon in particular caught his eye after which he named the bird too slow because the bird rarely kept up with the others when in flight. One day, after releasing the birds, the farmer watched in dismay as a hawk swept down on the pigeons and found too slow flying behind the others. The hawk attacked in midair, and the hawk and pigeon tumbled to the earth as feathers floated to the ground. The farmer ran to the spot where he saw them fall, but neither the hawk nor too slow could be found. Well, presuming that too slow was dead, the farmer returned home. A few days later, too slow returned home as well. A few feathers missing, but still alive. The farmer nursed him back to health, and a few weeks later, too slow joined the others in their flight together. This time, too slow wasn't too slow. He stayed squarely in the middle of the group. He wasn't in front or in back. Too slow had changed. Well, we can learn the same way. If we haven't been happy, then we can change what we've been doing. If your business hasn't progressed like you want and is falling behind, change your approach and team. You see, if we keep doing what we've been doing, then we'll keep getting what we've been getting. We can all change. Perhaps your team is too slow right now. My team is too slow right now when we're trying to change. And I'm learning the first part of change to not being too slow is to believe we can change. One author said, there can be no significant change on our team unless we first have the courage to change ourselves. In order to change ourselves, we must first believe that we can. To change your team requires you and each member of your team believe. 
It requires their heart, voice, courage, creativity, compassion, and talents. But it all begins with belief. There's a belief mindset that says our team will not get better by chance. It will only get better by change. And the predecessor of every action, of every change, is belief. And here's what most people and chat GPT doesn't understand about your belief window. There is a force that underpins and drives every action we take in life. It dictates our response to change and to people around us. It dictates how we sleep, eat, what we say to ourselves, and our self-worth. And this force is your belief. And embedded in your beliefs are the scripts that run your life. Your beliefs are just like a track upon which your life's train runs. How do I know this? Because your beliefs generate your thoughts. Here's a simple example. Let's say two people are starting a new business. One person has a belief window that they don't know how, but they believe they can learn how to make the business work. And the other person questions whether they can make the business work. Tell me, what thoughts will the first person have? Well, their thoughts will be, I'd like to know how others do this, or that's a great idea, I'll put it into practice. The second person's thoughts will be doubt-filled. They'll think, see, that's not going to work. And will their thoughts lead to different feelings? Yes. The first person will have feelings of curiosity and energy. The second, perhaps, feelings of discouragement. Then their feelings will guide their behavior. And of course, their behaviors will generate results. Can't you see why the scripture says, If you have belief the size of a tiny mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Every belief we have has a consequence. To enlarge or diminish, to heal or hinder. That's why this Open Your Eyes podcast exists, to help us see the power of our belief window. One of my favorite studies demonstrating this concept was conducted by two psychologists a few years ago and published in the Journal of Psychology. And in the study, the researchers asked a group of students to take a test, and half the test takers were given a bogus priming to give them the false impression that their knowledge was enriched and they were well-suited for the test. The other half were not. Well, after taking the test, it was clear and correlated that the students who were primed to think they were well-equipped to do well did better on the test. Now, how could that be? Well, perhaps the confidence allowed them not to be stressed or allowed them to recall information better. Who knows? But the fact remains that belief impacted feelings and feelings impacted behavior and results. The same goes for you and your team as you're trying to change. Your belief in your ability to change will affect results. You know, one author recently wrote In the world of education, Marva Collins is a legend. Disillusioned after teaching in the public school system for 16 years, Marva took $5,000 from her pension fund and opened the West Side Preparatory School in Chicago. Her goal was to open a school that would welcome students who'd been rejected by other schools, those students labeled as unteachable. Marva's abilities were so impressive, she was asked to become Secretary of Education, but she declined so she could keep transforming one student at a time. One of her students, named Erica, 
came to Marva when she was six years old and considered a hopeless case. Erica shared, I was told that I was borderline retarded and that I would never read. Yet, Marva was undeterred. Erica began her studies at Westside Prep, and Marva imbued her with an unquestionable belief that she could, in fact, learn to read and write. It wasn't a hope or a wish for Marva. It was an irrefutable fact. Marva also instilled in Erica her trademark devotion to discipline, dignity, and relentless hard work. When the CBS show 60 Minutes profiled Marva and her students some 16 years later, turns out that Erica did learn to read and write, so well, in fact, that she just graduated from Norfolk State University. I would say the same to you and your efforts to help your team to change. When you give them belief and they can see their own power to change, you will change your team. So where does your team or family find these beliefs? Your children get more and more than their eye color from you. Almost all beliefs are hand-me-downs. And it isn't just you that hands down belief. It is the other influencers on your team or in your family. So when you find an influencer, give them the stage. Help their belief rub off on the team. Belief also comes from experience and evidence. So when you find evidence, share those stories. Share evidence all the time. When you see someone on another team reach their goals, share the story. Belief also comes from envisioning, picture, frame, and reframe the future for your team. You know, for years, Oprah Winfrey brought hundreds of guests onto her talk show to interview and profile their stories. Oprah said that she has one all-time favorite guest, and that person is Tara Rye. Trent. She is the founder of an organization that seeks to give children from rural communities in Africa the education and growth opportunities to change their lives. Terrorai grew up in rural Zimbabwe. When she was 12, she was sold by her father to a man who ended up beating her regularly. Her father sold her for the price of a cow. Terrorai had only been able to go to school up to that point in time for one year. But she desperately wanted an education. So, while married to this man, she used her brother's school books to learn to read and write. And when she turned 18 years old, and she was already a mother of four, by the way, she met an international aid worker who asked every woman in her village about their greatest dreams. Well, inspired, Terrorai wrote her dreams on a scrap piece of paper. Her dreams were to study abroad and get an education. With further help from the aid worker, she added that her dream was, after getting an education, to come back to improve the lives of women and girls in her community. Now, think about this. Here she was, an 18-year-old mother of four, living in poverty with an abusive husband who beat her, and her dream was to go abroad to get a graduate degree and return to change the lives of women in her country. From her lowly circumstances, how could she believe something like this was even possible? Well, she put her written dreams in a box and buried the box under a rock. Soon, she started working with local aid organizations. She saved every bit of money she earned. And with that money, she started taking correspondence courses. 
This gave her even more belief, so much so that she applied and was accepted to Oklahoma State University. And with the support of organizations that she worked for, she made her way to the U.S. to study. And she brought along her family, including five children and her abusive husband. Well, in Oklahoma, her life was worse. They lived in a tattered trailer. Her husband still beat her, and she often had to feed her children from trash cans. She worked multiple jobs, studied, had little sleep, and eventually got her violent husband sent home, earned her bachelor's and master's degrees. She then married a man named Mark Trent, earned her PhD, and founded her organization to help women. When I hear Terrorize's story, I think this. If you have belief the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now, it may seem impossible from where you sit today to think that you could build a team that could help your business rise to unbelievable heights, but you can. It may be hard to believe that you can change that habit that has plagued you for much of your life, but you can. It may be hard to believe that you can change, that your team can change, that you can seize opportunities that you've never thought of before, but you can. And here's the truth of the matter. You are strong enough, smart enough, tough enough, and capable enough to change. What you believe is more important than what has happened in the past, what you have, where your circumstances are, or what your failures have been. None of those things matter. The only things that matter are what you believe and how hard you're willing to work for what you believe you can do and become. You have a choice every day of what you choose to believe. And I believe you are destined, endowed from heaven, set up at this time to do remarkable things on your team and in your life. You have more power than you think and more talent than you've used before. And despite whatever odds lay in front of you, I promise, with faith, belief, hard work, and God's help, you are able to do what you are trying to do. Next, as we face change in our life or on our team, we've got to stop using the F word. There is a four-letter F word that always seems to be lingering behind any resistance to change. That word is fear. I don't know why we're afraid at times, but the problem with fear is that it is really good at creating feelings. And these feelings have the effect of paralyzing our ability to move forward or to change. Years ago, when I was leading a large team, we had about 600 people gathered for a meeting, and we brought in a fun speaker. He was called the snake guy. And after everyone was gathered in the room, he would come in and talk about the role that fear plays in our lives and decision-making. Then he would open up a container on the stage and take out a snake. Well, right then, several people would immediately stand up and run out of the room. They were so afraid of snakes that a person on stage many, many feet away from them, holding a snake was enough for them to get up, risk embarrassment, and run out of the room. One of those who did so was our vice president of sales, and I asked him afterward why he ran out, and he said, I am deathly afraid of snakes. Well, the snake guy would find one of these people who were afraid, bring them to the stage, and through a series of actions and words they would speak to themselves, he would help them become brave enough not only to be on stage, but also hold the snake. 
He would then share the principles of how to overcome your fears with the audience and help them with their fears as well. I remember one thing that he taught us that has stayed with me ever since. It is that perception of what we're afraid of is often much larger than the actual thing we fear. And I've seen in my own life that this is true. And for most of us, it's not a clear fear like the fear of snakes that holds us back from change. It's the perception of how much work it will take, of how we may feel if we fail, and the effort before us that makes us afraid. And just like the snake, all of those things are probably not as difficult or traumatic as we first think. Yet, we wait and defer, hoping that someday the fear of trying will subside. You know, one author wrote, fear is not the enemy. Waiting to stop feeling afraid is. And if we're afraid of failing, the truth is, we don't really win or lose at anything. We win or learn, and that learning can help us win the next time. Next, here's what I've learned about change. If you read the books about change management, they'll tell you you need to have well-crafted plans for change and organize your change efforts with sophisticated plans. And that's all well and good. But I've learned that change requires you get moving and moving now. Too often, we spend so long organizing our change that we rarely get about the change itself. Jim Rohn said there are two types of pain you'll go through in life the pain of discipline, and the pain of regret. The pain of discipline weighs ounces. The pain of regret weighs tons. In other words, get going and you'll figure it out. Get about the change. It may mean that you start before you're ready. Because if you keep listening to the voice that says, I'm not ready yet, you'll still be listening to that voice a year from now. So here's the question. What in your life right now needs changing? And can you begin right now moving decisively in the direction of that change? And if you can, and you're willing to do so, you will find energy will come your way to fuel further change. Because here's the truth. Your team, your family, your life needs the new you, the changed you, the better you. And what you can do and give and contribute is waiting for you to rise and take on the temporary hard work to change and become what the world needs you to be. You only have a limited number of tomorrows. And if you keep deferring to tomorrow what you know you can and should do, the tomorrows will soon be gone. Don't defer or delay one more day. James Francis Cameron, a Canadian filmmaker, is famous for his films, including Aliens, Titanic, Avatar, and more. He has some of the highest-grossing films of all time. His films have sold nearly $8 billion worth of sales worldwide. Time magazine named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Well, in 1982, he was working as the special effects director on a horror film called Piranha 2. It was shot in Rome, Italy. And while there, he became ill and had a dream. His dream was about a robot sent from the future to assassinate him. The robot was the outcome of artificial intelligence gone awry, in which the computers became self-learning and took over the world. When he returned home, he wrote the script for a movie called The Terminator. 
He chose Arnold Schwarzenegger to star as the cyborg villain, and the film was incredibly successful. And he would go on to create Terminator 2 and several other sequels to his original idea. From the Terminator movie, several quotes have emerged that actually have value for us in our life. The first quote is this, The future has not been written. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. You know, I believe this is true. We get to choose what we will do and who we will become. And in the Terminator movie, John Connor has traveled back from the future. He already knows what has happened, but he believes, despite the script that the future has written already, that the future could be changed. And the same goes for you. You can change the script. Your future is up to you, and my future is up to me, and we get to decide. You know, Winston Churchill said, to improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. So, as we end today, remember, there can be no significant change in the world unless we first have the courage to change ourselves. And in order to change ourselves, we must first believe we can. Your belief in yourself will do more for you and for your team than you can possibly imagine. Remember, if you have belief the size of a tiny mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So, set your fears aside, and if you need to change, don't wait. Fear is not the enemy. Waiting to stop feeling afraid is. Most of all, thanks for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend and join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.